was special. And, and it's funny because it's only one year that he played with Milwaukee, which right. is wild. Because it seems like he is such a part of what's been going on with Milwaukee over the last, well, since the team, specifically since the team moved into Panther Arena. Right. Right. He kind of, it, it's kind of synonymous with, with that group. Yeah. And, uh, and the, the guy who holds the, like, is, is because of him, he holds the most viral video in Admiral's social media history. Like yeah. it's, and it's not even close. I mean, Matthew Olivier, just the, yeah, just the other day, Matthew Olivier beating the, the, the heck out of a, uh, uh, Curtis Gabriel. Curtis yeah. Gabriel. God, I couldn't think of him. His name. Uh, that was up there. Not in, but it was up there, but not even close to Bobby Butler. Not even close. No, and that's who joins us today is uh, former Admiral star Bobby Butler. Bobby, it's great to see you, man. Uh, how are things going? Yeah. And, and are you uh, are you getting any sleep? Are you getting any rest? I mean, reading reading up on what you've been up to. You're at every. If, if there's a game going on in Massachusetts, it seems like you're there. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, it's been a busy, uh, busy season. I'm in one rink. I'm in another rink. I, I bounce around Worcester. I, I, uh, I popped into my old alma mater, Marlboro High, to 6 a.m. practices once in a while as they went on a wild run to the state championship. Uh, I helped out with Holy Cross, and I'm on the ice every night with the Junior Railers uh, program that I'm the director of hockey. But and then come and then in January I got the call they needed a little extra leg so I wound it up getting getting back on the ice and been wild ever since how how was it for you I mean COVID-19 there have been a lot of obviously ramifications um for some people an awful time obviously um for you I'm sure it wasn't that enjoyable but because of what COVID is going through or what people are going through with COVID jobs were at a premium in hockey specifically late December January so what what was the process like for you to get back and I mean you're playing now again with the with Worcester in the ECHL what was it like to get back on the ice as a pro for the first time in three years two and a half years um yeah um I'm not gonna lie it was a great feeling uh my I have three kids and they don't really remember when I finished finish playing. So to have the opportunity to strap them up, especially after COVID, I kind of, I felt, I feel bad for that. The wave of players that essentially lost a year of college or lost a year of junior. It's, it's tough because my best years were playing hockey, playing in college, playing juniors. So, but for myself to get back out there and um, after two and a half years, it's, I'm still sore right now, even, (laughs) but no, it was, uh, that first game back, it was definitely uh, there was a smile on my face after I scored scored a goal uh, that I think my wife hasn't seen in a while, so she was happy for me, and I think um, I I'm just grateful for her support to let me kind of do everything that I'm doing right now. How do they get into? Uh, I, I, you work with the program, and you're running the youth program for this for this team, right? That's that's who. Well, kind essentially, of it's it. essentially a different. Um, we're, we use their name, but it's different affiliation. We're a 5013C non for profit. They're the pro team. We kind of we use their name, their likeness. Publicity our, for everybody. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Our, our 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 players go to their games. We set up games before their games. We have locker room visits. Like my son and his team got to come out for Blue Line Buddies. So it's it's a good. And then, unfortunately, with COVID, we haven't had 
the players come to us as much to the teams, but I think as COVID winds down, especially next year, I think it'll be good to start getting some of those guys on the ice with those kids. How but, does this, I'm sorry. I was, uh, how does this go down then? Do they call you on Thursday and be like, boy, you know what? The American hockey league has taken our team. We need somebody tomorrow night. I mean, how, what was the turnaround for you to snap back into pro hockey mode? It was, um, it was actually a wild week. I got a phone call because my phone number is on the junior Railers youth program season tickets. And they said, Hey, our, our, uh, our game's getting postponed because of COVID talk to your local uh, ticket rep um, for, to make up the game. So I shot over, uh, I think he's either CEO or CEO. He's runs the, runs the pro railers. I shot him a text cause he's one of our coaches in the program. And I said, Hey, looks like you guys are hurting for guys. Let me know if you need a body. And he just texted me. He said, were you serious or were you joking? Yeah. Well, I just said, I, I was joking. I go, I go, let me, I heard you're hurting for bodies. Let me know if you need a guy. He's like, I'll text you. I'll text you. Text you soon. He texted me the next day and gave me a call or he said, I'll call you soon. Um, and he, so he called me the next day and uh, he's like, yeah, man, we're, we're hurting right now. Like we got guys dropping, dropping like flies. Um, he's like, stay out of the, out of the brewery at the rink and um, maybe hop on the ice in case we do. And so that was a Tuesday. And then I think I hopped on the ice the next three mornings. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then um, Saturday. Uh, it was Friday night. They just finished their game, and he's like, uh, "He's like, you're in if you want to play." Um, so I skated Saturday with it, with six guys and a couple goalies. My first skate with besides, I had a couple of college kids that were skating with me those three days. But so I hopped on with those guys. Luckily, I did because it was I was it was good to get some touches with those guys. Right. Um, but then that night they're like, yeah, he's like, he's like, we're actually we're not going to need you, but just stay, be ready just in case. I was like, all right, no worries. I went on my Saturday night, like his mother Saturday night had my son had early morning uh, game actually at the rink here at 8 a.m. He had an 8-10 game. So I came to that game. I was one of, one of his coaches and um, I got a text from their team guy, like send me your email because he wanted to send me the contract. I was like, what's going I was like, what's going on? He's like, did you talk to Myers, who was the who was the person I talked to? I go, no. I go, but I I had seen him at the rink right over there, and um, I was like, what's going on? Like, you're killing me. He's like, yeah, one of the guys that we thought was okay popped positive this morning. I was like, I guess I'll go home and have breakfast and take a shower and head to the rink because the game was at three. So I was at the <laughs> rink here at nine thirty in the morning. I I I went home, took a shower, made some breakfast, and then. I came back, came right back to the DCU because I, um, my son's team was actually playing uh, um, before the game, and then he was his other team was going to skate between periods. So my first game, my son was skating on the ice, scored a goal. He's got a nice picture of celebrating, like one knee down. He's only <laughs> six years old, six years old, but uh, so they did that. They did that, and then. He ended up skating between periods as well my first game. So it kind of was all uh, – it was pretty cool. Pretty cool that first day. That's, so that's, am- there, that's well, amazing. Say, were, there, were there nerves? I mean, was it like was it like your first game again? I mean, what, what was it like? Because, right. like, again, you hadn't played for a while. And the yeah, ECHL is a good league, right? Like there's 
Division one player, they can, maybe it gets a bad rap, but they're NHL con- Yeah, it's not what it was 10, 12 years ago by, right. by any means. It's a full-blown yeah. affiliated league now. Yeah, so that, that Saturday when he's like, I was preparing myself like a pro. I was, I was about to go roll out. I was about to go stretch before bed. I got the text, you're not playing. I was like, all right. So I just laid on the couch. Then, <laughs> like, I think I just shut my, my pro mind, just shut right off. Right, had a beer. Yeah. I was just like, all right. I told my wife and we just watched a movie and that was it. Like normally I would have rolled out. I would have stretched. I would have been preparing, I guess you could say. And then I wake up in the morning. And then when I see the, see my, uh, Mike down here, I go, I was like, you're killing me. I go, I would have prepared like, like I was playing. He's like, right. he's like, just do your best. I'm like, all right. So I went home, showered and yeah, it was, I, wow. and I, I was actually fortunate enough. I, after two and a half years to kind of, I snapped into my routine that I usually do every game day, every like time I skate at the same time, all that stuff that I always did when I played. And I kind of just got into the rhythm for that game, which was nice. Yeah, that's, that's, that's incredible. But you've also kept playing too, right? Like it's, you know, right. As of right now, you're, or like you'd played nine games with them. That's, that's not just like, a, we need you for the weekend thing. Yeah, that coming. wasn't a fill in. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, it started as a fill in. And then I think I, the smile on my face and the workout I was finally getting, I hadn't been working out too hard. So besides shooting on the goalies at Holy Cross, like getting a sweat there, uh, re- jumping on my Peloton once in a while, but it was, it's been good. Uh, get a, it's a great group of guys too. I'm, I'm fortunate that they want me to be a part of it, to be honest with you. Cause it's, I've, I've known the captain since I was little and um, played against them, played with them growing up. So it's, it's, and it's a really good group in there. Uh, let, let's go. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back all the way to like your high school days where you, and this, this is sort of important. You played for your dad in high school. Yeah. And well, just talk about what that was like. Like you were, I, I, I think they, you know, like you're the all-time leading scorer in the school's history, right? Like 60 goals or so in one in one high school yeah. season, which is well, insane. And when, when you read your dad's name, it always begins. The first two words before your dad's name are legendary coach. Right. Yeah. Right. It, so it, it always says that. Uh, yeah. what, what was it like to play for your dad? Was he, was he hard on you harder because you were a, you were obviously very good, but B because you were his kid. Yeah, I, I, so I can go back to all the way when I was even littler, when I was playing. I played down the street for um, the Flames, they're called. But I was in the locker room once. I, I remember I played up a year, but I was, I was probably eight or nine years old. And our coaches are yelling, not kind of having a good conversation with our team. We were, we were like a stack, stack team. But our coaches, I remember to this day, it was, you guys got to stop listening to your parents, whatever they're telling you. It's not right. We are trying to teach you the game. We know what we're doing. The only people you t- talk to about hockey is me, our assistant coach and Bob's dad. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? what, what? And then in my head, I still remember. I was like, and I went, I went home and talked to my dad. I was like, I was like, but I obviously knew cause I've been hanging around with this high school the whole time since I was learned how to skate. But, when that's kind of where I was like, all right, that's, that's crazy. Right. And then come to, come to high school. So are you brother, real quick, before we get to high school, are you a stick boy? Are you like at the games, you ride the bus next to your dad, all of those things. 
So it's I am I'm the middle brother of three of us, and it's so it's my me and my older brother, my little brother. So me and my older brother, we were always in the locker room. They were always. And that's who you want to be. That's your yes. NHL, right? Yeah. That's yeah. that's so, your NHL. Yeah. So we're in the locker room. Their mother effing their coach because everyone does that when they're in high school. Right. Like looking back, they they know what my dad was trying to do. He's trying to turn them in from boys to men. But we're in the locker room. We're riding the buses. We're doing all those experiences. Um, I'm in practice. I'm shooting on goalies when I'm 12, 13, 14 at the high school level. Only a few took me serious that that were like, all right, I'm like not the fake, let you go, let you score because you're 12 right. years old. There, there right. was the, you're 12 years old and you're pretty good. So I'm actually going to try. And if you get by me, good for you. Like, so those are the kids, the high school kids that I appreciated when I was little. They helped me become kind of how I, the player I was because they didn't take me light. But we were on the ice before practice, hanging around during practice, skating after. Um, and we kind of just got those experiences. But my, my dad coached there for 30 plus years. And then come to my high school years, like you asked, my dad was hard, hardest on me, but he knew I could handle it. He, he knew he always used me as an example. He knew he could do whatever he wanted as long as he let me play. I was there. Um, and the other fortunate thing that I had was my senior year, our junior year, we lost in the state finals. My senior year, we won, but not only was it a hug to my dad at the end of the game, but my little brother was on the team too. He was in eighth grade. He didn't play much, but he was there from he was there. start to finish. He was there. It wasn't just me and my dad. It was me and my dad, my little brother, that we kind of we were able to have that experience because then as my little brother went on, he he led his high school team and eventually played Division One college hockey. So it was just – just kind of how it's just kind of the way we grew up and experiences from that, I think helped. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you ended up at, at New Hampshire. I'm curious how you, how did, how did you end up there? A kid from, from mass, right? I mean, maybe West Western mass, but uh, like there's a lot of good hockey, uh, as you know, like were, were those schools after you or, or did they just like be like, oh, okay, you know, we don't have the scholarship. We'd love to have you, but uh, you know, how did you end? Not that UNH isn't, good obviously yeah. it's a great program but you know you're from mass yeah so i was actually um i started to i guess people started talking to me when i was in ninth grade but it wasn't because i was playing high school as i started to get old like 10th grade 11th grade um no one would really commit to me because they're like you're still playing division three hockey or but i was also fortunate my junior and senior year to play both so I got to play high school and juniors. Sure. So I was able, like, but they still, schools were like, uh, we don't know. He's he's taking a step back playing Division three high school and juniors. And so, and actually my freshman year, when I started to look at, like, school started talking to me, we went up to a UNH game. And um, I remember sitting by the glass because I, I kind of see the ice better. I see the game better from down ice level instead of looking from up top or looking on, TV sure. and I just watched there I remember coming back to my dad who was sitting up top and I just said hey I was like I love the entrance I loved everything about this about the atmosphere and I just told my dad I go I want to play here someday so I think that's I think going to the game my freshman year and then seeing the atmosphere and seeing what it was all about and then actually seeing the ice level and seeing 
I'm like, I can work to get here. I know I, I think I can handle this. And that's kind of just probably motivated me. And then when UNH finally came calling, it was, I was very fortunate. And, and you played obviously for a legendary college coach, uh, Dick Umeal, right? Like he, what was it like playing for him? Like he's old school. He's as old school yeah. as they get. Yeah. He's very old school, but he was, we were, we were, we were turning him into a new school. He was a great, he's a lifelong friend. Um, he's a, yeah, I can't thank him, him and UNH and the co- supporting coaching staff more than like besides my junior coaches, like in high school and not my dad, but he was, he was a great, great person to play for a great, great man. And I'm very fortunate to have played four years on him. So when did the pro game become a reality for you? Like, when did you think this can be a career? Was it as young uh, as 10th grade or was it, no. did you have to wait? It was honestly, I just was playing college hockey to get an education and then um, I think after my sophomore year I had I went to a couple of development camps went to San Jose and Washington and that was kind of my first like this is pro hockey the camps were two totally ran totally different one was more of a skills one was more of a practice game practice game practice game so I kind of got the best of both worlds that was like kind of my first like oh that if I do if I do well the next couple of years I could do that but after those camps I went I think I went to my junior year I didn't have I basically got yelled at for passing too much uh, I had too many assists my junior year and then <clears throat> my senior year I just we had a great group and uh I kind of we just got got off to a great start and that was kind of my all right if halfway through if things keep going this way it could be pretty good so then a lot, of people start, a lot of people start calling or, I mean, do, do you have to rifle through the offers then when, when you get done with school? Um, yeah, they, everyone, my, my agent at the time and my dad kind of just let me play. And, and I just knew at the, for, at the end of the season that there would be, have to be some a few a decision to be made. And there was eight, eight teams that were serious and, we spent the whole day Sunday um, listening to everyone and kind of made my decision that night, but it was a long, long day that day. I can't imagine. And, and good on your dad and your, your advisor, your agent to, to take that upon you, because I can't imagine, I mean, you're dealing with young players right now. That's a heavy thing for kids to have to go through. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think them allowing me to just focus on hockey was huge. And I was, I was excited, obviously to, try to figure out what was going to happen, but I was, I would try to enjoy the moment with my teammates and right. UNH and everything. Like only reason I was having that, that chance was because of what UNH did for me and what all my past coaches and off ice coaches did for me. Did your dad have players like you before in high school? Like had he been an advisor to anybody who had a sniff from the NHL from an NHL team in the past? Um, no, I think, um, I think, I think uh, after me, when he and then he started helping out with the jun- local junior program, the yeah. junior Bruins where I played and my brother played. I think that's where a lot of. Um, I think he's been helping kids. He's been helping kids forever on development right. and what it takes and all the stuff. But you were, but you were kind of the first one on the NHL I, radar for him, and I think so. Okay, I would say so. 
and and you get to play and then maybe that's part of the 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 negotiation and the the the, the hook from Ottawa right you get to play two games in the yeah, NHL after your senior year tell us what that was like where were they were your fo- your folks must have been there i would believe um now it, you know it, we we found out now it's like standard course like guys who send their entry level deals it's in their contract we'll fly your parents to wherever yeah. we'll see their yeah. game probably wasn't that way that in uh, back in you know 2010 no that was that was exactly my my uh my wife now um girlfriend at the time she flew out with my parents my brothers out to ottawa i remember in the hotel barely or i thought i wasn't gonna be able to sleep i passed right out uh <laughs> but they they showed up that that night and um we we played we played against carolina <clears throat> i think we uh i think we won it overtime or i just remember it, i think it was overtime because the coach asked me how i was in shootouts so <laughs> i don't know but I was like, yeah, I'm pretty, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but it was at home. And then my next game was at, in, uh, at the, on the Island against Islanders and, uh, all my, uh, high school buddies, uh, hopped in and my brothers hopped in, a an RV and, uh, took the trek down there. I remember I was, I was think I served a penalty and my buddies came down to the box and were I just giving it to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if you look at that, the roster for that Ottawa Senators team, it's like some legendary guys on that team, right? Dan, I'm looking at it now. Daniel Alfredson, Jason Spezza, Mike Fisher, uh, Alexi Kovalev. Like, those are big-time NHL stars. And here you are coming into that. Like, how did, uh, how did they make you feel? Like, were they welcoming? Uh, and, like, like, what was it? What, did you have, like, a welcome to the NHL moment? Yeah, so the first person I met, I think I met the team in Washington, but didn't play until we went back to Ottawa. The yes. first person that met me and reached out to me was Mike Fisher, and he was an awesome guy. And he, and the same thing when I got, I got moved to Nashville. Um, he was the first one to reach out sure. and uh, say and welcome me and whatnot. But my first really like welcome was uh, I think end of the first practice. Um, I started playing one-on-one with Alfredson and then Kovalev came over and we were playing keep away us three. I was like, is this real life? Yeah. Like What's what the happening? hell is going on? Here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that, so that was kind of my like, all right, first practice is over. And now I'm just hanging out. Like, and then they come over and we're playing keep away. I'm like, Oh my God, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like a pinch me type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and you, then your first full year, you you basically 50-50 between Binghamton and Ottawa. You have a great year in both yeah. regards, and you cap it off with a championship in Binghamton. Like, like it could hockey could not have been any better for you right then. Yeah, I played, I think it was like 115 games. If you count, if you count preseason, I played eight out of ten preseason games in Ottawa. Just I think I just missed it, got sent down, and then it was up and down, but then I then I stuck and it was, uh, it was, uh, we had a great group of guys there and then we, we, we got in the playoffs actually last, like the last spot with the, with Binghamton and really that playoff run. That, yeah. We were the last seed. We, they, I remember they sent about seven guys back from Ottawa just to, to clinch our, get our last clinching game, uh, on the weekend before the, um, like a couple weeks before the end of the season. And, and then we finished all up there and then we got sent down for playoffs and, first round was we won all every game in overtime besides that after that we just kept we were just buzzing as a team i mean 
I, this isn't really a question. This is just a statement that uh, we, the Admirals, were very close to being the team that you played in the finals. And by very close, we lost in game uh, overtime in uh, game seven. No, not overtime. It wasn't, no, it wasn't overtime. overtime. We okay. lost in the to, to Houston in seven games. Yeah. Uh, we had a really good team. We got similar to you that year. We got three guys down for game seven. Uh, yeah. And then we lost, uh, but not no, no sour grapes there. I'm not saying we would have beaten you, but it, it would have been fun to, uh, to, to be there. Yeah, uh, it was nice but, winning in Houston, I'll tell you that. Nice uh, yeah, right? <laughs> I'm sure that was awesome. But, yeah, I, mean, I mean, listen it, listen to the names on this team. Like Mark Borowiecki, who's now in Nashville. Robin Leonard's the goalie. I mean, uh, you got Barry Brust, who AHL fans will know, Admirals fans will know, Ryan Patolny. Uh, Zach Smith, Cody Bass, Mike Hoffman, I, Corey Locke. What a club! Yeah, what a club! Yeah, Andre yeah, Benoit. Been... Andre Benoit is one of the. I, I've never understood why Andre Benoit never stayed in the NHL. Yeah, yeah, he was a hell of a pro. The, Wait, what a what a team! Like, have you yeah. have you ever played with a guy who was more intense than Cody Bass? No, he's uh, <laughs> when I, I I I thought he was like a ten year vet, and then I find out he's the same age as me. I was like. <laughs> like four years later i'm like i was like i felt like cody was like a 10-year vet but he 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 helped me turn turn, he helped turn he helped turn me into a pro which i appreciate but the way he he held himself i literally thought he was a 10-year vet he just he just kind of knew what what it took and he helped he helped me for sure yeah absolutely just so like some guys fight because they want the attention. Yeah, they're doing it for the team, but they like the attention. I, you never got that feeling from Cody Bass that he was, he never wanted the attention on him, but he just did whatever it took. And yeah, there's, yeah, he was, he was great for us here in Milwaukee. And I'm sure he was uh, obviously there in, in bingo too. And I played with, I played him with him. I then end up playing with him in Milwaukee. Years yeah, later. Right, right. Right. Yeah. Crazy, crazy how the, yeah. the, the hockey world's so close and incestual, right? Like it's like yeah. every team you go to, there's a guy you played with before. Yeah. Yeah. We actually still have a Snapchat group with all the guys from Milwaukee, all the old, all the veteran guys, that group we had when I was with, with the Admirals. Great yeah. group well, of guys. Well, I mean, we're, we're, let's, we'll get to that in a second, but what are the next few years like for you? There's waivers and there, I mean, it's, you're going overseas. I mean, my goodness, you had, now all of a sudden you got stamps from every country on your passport yeah. after starting yeah. a career, which seemed to be so stable to start with. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, um, yeah, in Ottawa, I, on, they ended up buying me out. And then I was fortunate enough. Lula Morello had me in his office that summer and, uh, it was right before the lockout. And he's like, he's like, listen, I'll give you, I'm going to give you a chance. Um, just be clean shaven. Yeah. Just be clean shaven, but I'm going to give you a chance. Um, <laughs> got to come earn it but we obviously watch in the past so now it's up to you to really try to earn it back and even that year got off to a little shaky start it took me nine eight games to score my first goal but after that I forget what my stats are but I I was I ended up lighting the lamp a bunch after that in the short term in the short time after um and then got a chance in training camp I think I just I just got or I did make the team right away and then they call me up and then waivers i end up getting picked up by nashville nashville that's, yeah. when, I, that's when i end up in nashville um but yeah I, honestly i was fortunate that lou gave me a chance to come back and give me an opportunity and then end up in nashville and then 
what happened after that. And then Florida? I got, yeah, then I got, uh, I got, my rights got traded that summer. Um, my, my rights got traded that summer. Uh, right. And then I signed a two year deal with San Antonio and that place was awesome. Um, I had, we didn't make the playoffs the first year. And then the second year I was playing well. And then our team was awesome. And I ended up cutting my Achilles. So is that, I did not know that's yeah. what happened. That was yeah, that so, 14, 15 rampage team was a, was a fantastic team. Yeah, 45, very good. 25, 23 and eight. Yeah. So I, I cut my Achilles April 7th, um, pointless game, probably a week before I playoffs end up having surgery a week later. And, um, came back and we lost the first round, but we had, we had quite a squad and we were, we were buzzing. It just, it was a lot of, a lot of former admirals on that team. Rocco's, too, right? on, Rocco's on that team. Dan Ellis yeah. is the goalie, but, but late in the season, you get Danny Heatley on your club. Yes. Yes. How He's a, I, 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 I shouldn't say I know Danny. I, when I first moved to Madison, Danny was a freshman in Madison. So I was at the games and covering the games and stuff. So I got, you know, I held my microphone in front of him. I, I, I cannot yeah. say that I know him. Um, but I mean, what was that? Like, here's the guy comes into the league. He's a 50 goal scorer, all of this stuff. Obviously he's on the way out, but I remember calling those games down there with Danny Heatley in San Antonio and thinking, this is, this is pretty cool. Yeah, no, I was like, it was obviously awesome. He came in. I think the first time we met him, we were having a rookie party. He was, he was awesome. And then I just remember. He, he wasn't point. in Ottawa with you, right? He was no, not. he wasn't. He was gone by then. Him. Okay. Yeah. But I remember watching him shoot in practice and like, has he always shot that hard? He, which was, I don't, I didn't think it was very hard at the time. And they're like, no, that's, that's how it like, but he ended up scoring goals. He was just in the right place at the right time. His stick was always on the ice. I was like, he didn't have like a hard shot. Like, like I thought he would scoring all those goals. It was just the way he played the way this position he put himself in. I was pretty, I learned a lot. And just, just from seeing that, I learned a lot from that because I, as I started to get older, I was like, I didn't have to shoot hard. I just had to shoot it quick and in the right spot. And that's kind of yeah. what I, I was gonna, picked, picked from that. I was going to say, is that maybe helping you right now in Worcester? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I didn't want to say it. I, we were all thinking it, but I didn't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. So if Danny Heatley somehow comes across this, thanks, yeah. Danny Heatley. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was, I was just like, he was just in the right spots. He, he put the puck in in the right position where the goalie was, he knew where the goalie wasn't going to be depending on what he did. And I think I, and I'm, and honestly, I, I'm trying to help these, these kids on this team the same way. Um, they were asking me today on the ice about like how I kind of, how my releases, I just was kind of giving them point pointers. So it's, it's cool to have someone look up to you the way I look up to some people too. Right. Absolutely. Do those kids, do they know who you are? Like, do they, do they have a full grasp of what you've done and where you've been and all of this stuff and who you've played with and all of these things? Uh, I think technology is so good. I'm sure that the ones I didn't know maybe have looked that up. Or yeah, it's a, that's a quick, ho hockey, yeah. quick hockey DB uh, uh, search and they yeah. can and find a lot of it out, but maybe, but not all of it, yeah. right? Like, yeah. Uh, what, what made you guys, what made you decide to go to Europe after uh, what, the 14-15 season? Yeah, so I was I was having a good year, and I think uh, at that point, I think my 
I didn't think I had another shot at the NHL. So I, was, I just wanted to, um, just for my family, go try something new. And, um, for sure. Uh, so I ended up getting a pretty good deal out in Sweden, but that year was a live and learn. Um, we ended up getting relegated. So my second year on my contract gets null and void. Got voided. Oh, yeah. So, but That's... I would have, I would have, I would have paid to leave anyways. But uh, yeah, like the, no, the, whole, just... the whole to me, the whole concept of relegation is so insane that you could be playing. We we had a guy on the team now, Matt Donovan. You probably run came across and uh, yeah. anyways, but where he played, he there his team got relegated too. Like I can't imagine the pressure and like man. It sucks to lose, but can you, I can't imagine being the, the how much it would suck to lose and then you have to get kicked down a whole league. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually trying to get out of there. They wouldn't let me go. So I, was, I wasn't I was even playing towards the end of the season. I was just working. I was like, all right, let's just get ready for next season, whatever happens. Um, then they ended up putting me back in, and then I ended up playing for the whole playoff run. But it was just like – I didn't leave my apartment after the, after we lost. Um, I had a sweet, one of the Swedish kids on my team that I was friends with go and get me groceries for my kid, my family. Um, And we just got out of there as quick as we could. Like after the game, we stayed in the ring for about three hours because people were like kicking doors down and they were not, they were, they were not happy. Yeah, because wow. it's such a small community type thing where everyone, it's not like in, you know, even in the NHL where there's just these huge cities and yeah, there's some people that are really mad, but for, you know, most of them, it's, it's all, all they had. Yeah, that's like, right. Like you say, wow. it's all they have, all they focus on. So wow. That's, that's crazy. That's nuts. And then you end up in Russia for two years. Well, that, that Zagreb team, that was traditionally a lot of North Americans on that Zagreb team. That right. was, uh, we was that their first 22. year? I don't know. It was, no, no, it was, no. No, but it was like essentially 22 North American misfits <laughs> on the team. And we all, we all go, you all, you basically went there to get sold to a Russian, actual Russian team. So we played against the Russian teams and you wanted to play well. So one of those teams would pick you up. And all those guys I showed up with all ended up getting either sold or maybe moved to Switzerland. Like just, it was kind of like a come here, play and try to get out. I actually got sold on Christmas on the minute before the trade deadline. Um, so I was on Christmas. I remember Christmas day at my aunt's house and my wife's looking at me like, what are you doing? I go, I think I'm trying to get traded. Like I, I had already packed all my stuff up. The age, my agent at the time was like, pack your apartment up when you come home. Like I'm, I'm doing everything I can to get you out of there. And um, I was, I started to play well at the time. And, and then, um, and I, I actually, uh, my second born came over there when he was five weeks and actually ended up in the hospital for, we ended up, I spent a week in the hospital with him because he had, uh, he had to have surgery over in Croatia. So it was, it was kind of a crazy year in that aspect. Just like my wife came over with our with our twenty month old and our five week old, and then my five year old couldn't keep his his uh, bottles down, so we ended up spending a week in the hospital. I spent the night; she spent the days. My mom was there, and then I come. They she went home right as soon as he was okay, and then I came home for Christmas and got sold and left for three months to Russia when my wife was home with a newborn and a twenty month old. So it was like, yeah, it was. Uh, 
Wow, I never knew all of that. Oh, that's geez, that's like that's so <laughs> scary. Yeah. So wow. yeah, we. I literally got sold right before the the de- deadline on Christmas Day. Two days later, I was uh, I w- I would be I met the team and we had like a mini training camp because they were coming off break too. I couldn't feel my legs for the first game because of all the crazy workouts we had to do. <laughs> Yeah, I I, I remember going to the rink three hours before the game and taking an hour shower just to hopefully loosen my legs up a little bit. You you played that team, by by the way, was coached by Peter Skudra, right? Yes. That which is amazing because he's not he's not a Russian. No, he's uh, Latvian. Yeah. So for him to coach that team in Nizhny, is that the city? Yeah. Nizhny Novgorod or yeah. Yeah. So for, I mean, that it just, I guess when I was, when I was just looking at the roster, I'm like, okay, Russian, 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 Bobby yeah. Butler, all of that. Like you, you don't necessarily see non-Russians coaching in that league. Yeah. At least for long. Yeah. yeah. There he's, I think he's actually been there for, he was over there for a bit. He speaks Russian because I think Latvian and Russia are close. Like as oh. I play with Casper Dogmans and Binghamton, but I also sat next to him in that locker room. So okay. it was very, uh, it was very, so he, trans- he translated for you. Yes. And he just said, if, he, if he's not yelling at in, in a, in American, then we're okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's like, when he starts this, when he, when, when you're in trouble, he'll let you know. So he did a lot of, a lot of Russian yelling. Um, so, yeah. So did you get your fill of, of that? Like guys can go, guys can stay there. And if, yeah. if they enjoy it, right. They, but yeah. you have a young yeah. family. I mean, that's a yeah. tough thing, tough ask. So, I mean, did you get your fill or would you have loved to, I know it's, no, a hypo- I, almost, I know it's a hypothetical, but had you not had your family? Is that, is that an easy choice? I was, I was honestly, I, I remember I was sitting laying in a hallway in Russia, some city. And I, I talking to my wife and it was just so, I almost just, almost just called my age. I was like, I'm done. I'm, I'm done playing. Like I need to come home, see my wife, see my kids. Yeah. It was, it was very close. It was hard on my wife. And um, I was, I was honestly pretty close to just hanging them up. Um, just coming home and seeing what happened just because of how crazy everything happened. The kid, my son getting sick and just, yeah, it was just a like crazy, crazy. And then I think, um, I think I got through that, but then, when I heard the Olympics wasn't happening for the NHL players, I think that kind of put a spark in my. Oh, really? So that's, that's That's what the timeline, like you would, and it does, it fits in. Right. But that's, that's interesting. So it wasn't necessarily that Nashville called and and offered you a chance to play in North America. Once again, it was specifically the Olympics that you to get to the Olympics. Yeah. So I think that, I think that, that I was, I, I got a new agent and the Olympics had just happened. And I, and he's like, I was like, I need to come back. Cause my kid, like, just because how bad the year was, I was like, I'll do it. I'll do what like, and he, he talked to Nashville and talked to Milwaukee and I'm grateful to this day for the opportunity that Milwaukee gave me. And the so year you're, talking, I had. you're talking probably to Paul Fenton at that time, right? Yes. Yeah. So you're a Massachusetts guy. You're in Massachusetts guy. Yeah, I'm a mass, <laughs> my mass guy. My agent's a great guy. knows knows a lot of people, and um, I think. And I've had dealings with Paul and um, Mr. Poyle in the past. Obviously, playing there before, right. he helped me get to the World Championships where I want to. Where I was lucky enough to win a medal. 
when so I was very fortunate in this early in my career and at the towards the end of my career for for Milwaukee and uh, Nashville to give me a chance because without that like I couldn't call myself an Olympian forever. So not not that you weren't involved with the team because you certainly were and you played very well. But was that whole season with the Admirals basically training camp for the Olympics for you? I think I think. Uh, I don't want to make it sound like you weren't. I don't want to make it sound like you were uh, cheating the team or anything, because that's certainly not the case. But I think Milwaukee was. It revived my love for the game. And because I was able to have fun, because I was with a great group of guys, the coaches were awesome. It brought it revived me. And also knowing, knowing, knowing if I played the way I know how to play. I would have a chance to be a part of something special with the, with the Olympics. And I, cause I had spoken to one of the assistant coaches in the summer. I trained, trained with this kid in the summer, the son. And that right at the end of the summer, he just told me, he just said, listen, you're on the long list of possibilities. So I didn't know until at the end of the summer. Wow. I was, I was working my butt off just so I could play good hockey when I got to Milwaukee. Okay. I was just focused on reviving myself, I guess you could say. Like, or I just, I just had sour. I just didn't enjoy. I don't think I enjoyed. I guess, yeah, I didn't enjoy the season as much in Russia just because of everything that happened. Um, but that, that's how I worked my butt off. And then at the end, he just said, "Listen, you're on a long list, but it's up to you now." And I think, um, I think maybe uh, Milwaukee knowing that uh, helped too. And I think it just. I was put in the great positions on the ice that helped me help me get to where I where I ended up. But to your point though, like yeah, you're on the long list, but and you but you really had to play well. Like they're just not taking just because you're like, hey, this is a good name and everything like that. He's got NHL experience and all that. Like that doesn't do you any good if you come out and lay an egg that season. Uh, Especially after two years of playing in Europe playing, and I'm not watching and not yeah. knowing how I yeah. am. Exactly. So the season you got off to a great start that season, right? Like, and was it, was it just to your point, like you figured out, like you love the game again. And obviously it's, you know, playing you're you're reinvigorated and all, but it's also like a trial for the, uh, for the Olympics. Yeah. You know, I, I was fortunate coach put put me on the power play where that's kind of where I, where I could do, do some stuff that I, I'm good at, and I was able to kind of. We had just a great group, uh, like Trevor Smith, Cody Bass, and you'd known both of these guys, the the yes. two guys. I mean, you know Trevor Smith since you were a freshman in college. Yeah, I played with Trevor at UNH. Um, hung out with that. Hung out with them, and and then he left. But it, and then our houses in Milwaukee were a street over. We had the we our babysitters. Our babysitters were roommates, so we were able to go to dinner. It was the most I think I went to dinner and had a had a good time during the season in my whole ten years. Like we were having dinners, like kids were home with our babysitters, either together at one of our houses. It was just the whole year. I I don't think I could write a better script of way the way it happened. Was just my familiar. I think the hardest part for me going from team to team was meeting new guys and meeting and making. But I was, I, I felt like when I got to Milwaukee, I already knew it's like I instantly had felt like I was home almost like I, it wasn't like I was starting a new team, but because I knew some of the guys and then 
all the young guys were great, great guys too. So it was just, it was just awesome. Yeah. Let's get to how you find out that you're on the Olympic team. Tony Gallardo, <laughs> who is the coach of the University of Wisconsin, is the head coach of this team. I remember he came. And it was Jimmy right Johansson, was by the way. Jimmy jo- Jimmy Johansson, Jimmy Johansson. Is the GM, who is a former admiral. Former admiral too. Yeah, exactly. So uh, he comes to a game in late December ish, right? Is that when you found out? Does he talk to you at that game? Uh, I think he gave me a he gave me a call before the game. And, he did. And he just let me. He let me know. I said, "Hey, I'm just letting you know I'm gonna be in town to watch you." And um, he's just like, "Go work hard, have fun, and um, no pressure." <laughs> yeah, but I I remember. I think I uh, I, I remember I scored a goal when he was in town. I I hit some. I hit someone in the corner. The puck came off the wall, and then I kind of snuck behind the play. And I think uh, Freddie Allard hit me with a with a backdoor uh, or like front of the net no one around me and I just talked it on my backhand but I remember I'm like man this feels good like yeah. like to put one in while I was there and I think I was killing penalties at the time too and I think it was just like I honestly couldn't write the way that year went my kids watched your video the videos of the highlight rails from 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 the admirals and I hear your your voice all the time it's, a, it's just so funny my kids pop on that on NHL or YouTube and they'll type they'll just talk talking in the remote like they're older now so they they'll last once in a while hey, put 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 this on and it's it's the admiral's calls and it's it's just it was a, couldn't couldn't have wrote it better that's so great. Let, let then let's get to like like i said the most viral video by far this 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 video transcended sports it yeah. was like it was seen i mean we're, we're, we, how many I remember you got bumped because you were you were yeah. supposed to be an inside edition or hard yeah. copy or something. But, current, but it was then, a current affair. Yeah, but then some something br- went down with a uh, house, real Boo-Boo. housewife or something. No, honey Boo-Boo. Boo-Boo. That's what it was. That's yeah, right. We're about yeah. to go live, and then they're like, "Oh wait, Honey Boo Boo just sh- just came into the studio." We got to do anyway. <laughs> so let's just just tell us about how you're about. Your dad about about how you told your dad and how this video came about and why and why he was there. Yeah, what was he doing? Right, yeah. what's he doing there? So he, I think, um, I don't know why he was in town. I think he was just in town. It was Christmas time, right? Yeah, it was Christmas time. So I think he was just in town, coming to say hi, see the kids. And um, that morning, I, uh, I got the call <clears throat> on my Apple Watch because I was, I think I was in the gym, and I ran out, grabbed my phone, ran into the rink, and took the call from from Jim Johansson. Um, and he told me then I was like, I couldn't believe it. I was excited, but I knew my dad was in town. So I, uh, it was one of the practices where we had to go to the practice rink. So, and my dad loved coming to practices. He just stand up on the bleachers videotaping uh, the drills so he could copy them and use them for the, for his junior Bruins teams. He'd always <laughs> say, Hey, what, what, what are you guys working on there? I'm like, yeah, I'll let you know. Like he always is trying to steal drills, which is good. Um, but I remember asking you, I said, Hey, do you think you just video this just so I have it? Right. Uh, and, um, and then, so he, he came down after and then he is when I told him that I, it was just, yeah, again, I couldn't write, you couldn't write this. I don't think it as a, in a book or whatever. It just, it just, every, the way everything happened is just crazy. And, and the way he reacts and, and we'll put a link to this, uh, the video, People have seen it, but we'll put a link to the video in this uh, in the description so people can rewatch it. 
Like your dad's a big guy. He's a gruff guy, right? He's a coach. And, but like his, his guttural emotional reaction is just like, to your it's point. Like watching, it's, it seriously was like watching perfect. Field of Dreams. It's like watching yeah. Field of Dreams. Like you have that feeling, father, son. Yeah, it was like, it, it was, it was, it was finally like a, like not a coach to a player or a coach to a son. It was a, it was a dad share motion, I think. Yeah. Like, I think it was, it, yeah. And every, like every parent can relate to like, you're a parent now, Aaron and I are both parents. Yeah. Like you can relate to like that feeling of uh, pride, of being, and, of pride yeah. And, yeah. and support for your kids. And it's like, that's, that was and him. Every, yeah. And then he realizes in the middle of it that like, he's being emotional. And he's <laughs> yeah. gonna call it, oh, you jerk or whatever. And he pushes yeah. you away. Yeah. Now that's, if you, if you know my dad, that's, he is a big teddy bear. Um, I'm surprised he didn't cry harder, to be honest with you. But like, uh, I think all the, all the early mornings that my mom drove me to, not him, um, <laughs> all the, he was, he was the one that put me in the right places. What growing up, my mom was the one that drove me to those places. So without my mom too, it's, um, I don't get where I am, but my dad obviously put me in all those positions to become the player I was. And I think it was just so, it was just added up to, it was just fun. Yeah. And, and, and just from my perspective, right. We, so this happens and the team's being announced on January 1st. So we have to hold this video yeah. for a, for a, a week or so, or maybe it was even a little bit longer. I can't exactly remember. And Jamie Ebers, who runs the Admiral social media, and we just talked about, okay, what are we going to do when the team's announced? We'll just put this out there and see what happens. Well, like we're thinking, okay, it would be, this will be cool if it can like hockey people will pick this up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and it gets picked up so quickly. Like we're texting each other back and forth and being like, wow, like the numbers, when you'd have a tweet that's going viral, the numbers adjust in real time. And this is the first time in Eddie Admiral's content where we've seen like, okay, 600 people like it. And then it, it flips up to 742. And it was just, it was crazy. It was, it was just bonkers. And then we start getting calls from everywhere from like we're saying from a current affair from CBS morning show, NBC was all over it. Cause they had the, the Olympics themselves and it had to, I, I got to believe it was a little overwhelming for you. I, I was going to say, yeah. Was it annoying to you? You just, you're a hockey player. Right. Yeah. I, I, I remember Trevor Smith telling you, Charlie, I think it was like, Hey, only one, one interview a day from a day, for, I was for like, the next couple <laughs> weeks. we need, we need, we need them focused for the season. Yeah. So I, I remember, yeah, I, I was just constantly doing something, um, but it was fun. It was part of it. I know like it would, it was a lead up to the Olympics, obviously. And obviously I don't think I'll ever be doing something like that. So to be a part of that and it was definitely uh, a lot, but as I was, I was older and I kind of, I knew how to separate that and playing, keep continuing to playing, which was huge. Yeah. And, and, and you realize too, like, this is bigger than just you, right? Yeah. Like, Maybe as a 22-year-old, you don't get that. But as a 30-year-old or 28-year-old, yeah. you're like, yes, I, like, I need to do this stuff. This is good. Yeah, this is, yeah, exactly. And it was, it was, it was fun. It was, it was something I'll remember forever, obviously. The tournament itself, it didn't go the way the United States wanted it to go. But what was it like for you to be over there? Were you trading pins? Were you doing all of these things in the Olympic Village in South Korea? Yeah, it was awesome. Got I got some like Norwegian winter gloves I still wear. 
um, yeah, it was fun. It was everything I, I expected. And, uh, our team, we were, we were, we had a great team, great, great group of guys that it didn't go our way, but I don't, I wouldn't take it back. What, besides the hockey, what's the one thing that you remember, like, or maybe not one, a couple things that you're like, wow, this was cool. Like going the opening ceremonies or, I mean, the parties are, I'm sure were just insane. Right. Yeah, so we the opening ceremony, closing ceremony were awesome. I'm glad I went to both. Not my, my whole team go to the closing ceremony, but a, a couple of us stayed and we're there. We might as well experience it. I'm never going to go to a closing ceremony again, I don't think, unless it's in Boston. But right. um, I, I think just being a part of that was awesome. Wearing my USA with pride. We got two big bags of uh, of gear that we that I still have, and then just being able to meet other athletes not only from the U S but from other countries and see what they kind of do. And we got to go to different events and then the different houses and that, the, the, the country houses, like we went to, you know, which houses we went to, but it was, it was cool. It was just a lot of pride in the country that you were representing, I think. And it was cool to see how other countries showed the same thing. I should remember this, but I don't. What happened? Like, obviously your wife came over and probably your folks too. Uh, what did you do with your kids? Cause you had two very young kids and dogs yeah. here in Milwaukee. Yeah. Where did they go? Yeah. So my, my mom, my dad, my brothers came over a family friend and his brother came over that I've known forever. And my dad coached them in high school. Um, and then my father-in-law came over with my wife and my mom at the same time. My, so my mother-in-law was home with our kids and the dogs. She was in Milwaukee. Uh, huh? Yeah. Yeah, she, they were home in, um, yeah, were they in Milwaukee or they, they might've been home, home. Um, but yeah, so my wife came home over for a week and with my mom and my father-in-law and my brothers were there, my, my dad. So it was, um, it was, it was awesome. It really was. So you had said before that this kind of rekindled your love for hockey. Did that carry over? That's why you played another season or what, I mean, what obviously you you kind of wanted to play at least yeah yeah I, I, yeah i i think uh, it was it definitely rekindled and i and then after that i was like i don't know if i can top that year so i i basically was like let's stick closer to home okay and i ended up i ended up driving during the week to, to hartford as well like an hour 10 up the road um then on the weekends i stay our game nights gate pre night before games or the game weekends i I stayed with one of my teammates at his house. He had an extra bed in his, in his dining room. So I just, I stayed there and uh, his dining room. <laughs> yeah. I probably, I probably should have, we probably should have got a place and stayed, but I think I was just, I think that that year was, there was so much going on. I think I was just like ready to be home yeah. kind of a little bit, but I kind of re- regret not going there, living there and being a part of the everyday team stuff. So. Well, Which I was the kids, still there on the weekends, but my wife yeah. and kids were at the, home. The, I was going to say the kids get to be settled, and there's something to be yeah. said about that, yeah, right? Exactly. So it was, yeah. That's probably why we ended up doing that that way. And so we were then, getting old. We're getting old too. So <laughs> we all are. <laughs> thank goodness. Thank goodness we all get that ability to get old. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so then, so then that's it. At the end of the eighteen nineteen season, that's it. You get into you. You turn your attention to to coaching. You this last year you signed up with holy cross to be a coach there um but then yeah, i actually said, um i actually so the, after that year i got in that july i got the job here my first year i started then um i think i'm on year three maybe sure yeah. i'd say yeah this is either season three or season four 
um, I got this job and then, uh, yeah, I was pretty much doing this and, um, and then I think COVID happened and we actually ended up, I, we started to do a little more, uh, like clinics and with my Iceworks hockey company, me and my partner. And then right when COVID kind of let out, we had the, we had a great summer because everyone just wanted their kids yeah, out of the house doing something, and right? We they were wearing masks, but we could we could only have like max amount of kids on the ice. You say small groups all day, yeah. All all our clinics were filled to the max, which was awesome. Like got, we finally got to get back on the ice, get busy. It was nice to slow down, but it was good to get back out there and, and start rolling on the ice and helping kids that missed a lot of a lot of time. Um, get better at hockey and like my own son he my my middle son learned how to skate during COVID in my basement on synthetic ice yeah that's crazy like, like he we we weren't going to the ranks we weren't doing anything so I just laid out all this my synthetic ice I had and they just he just chased his big brother around I never taught him how to skate and he's actually a better skater than my older son at his age so it's kind of cool how, Weird how that happens yeah so I, I got to I got to ask you a question in when you were in Milwaukee for that year, uh, I believe it was Derek Army came over to your house and you guys set up a backyard rink. Uh, yes. And so I'm wondering if back in mass, are, do you have your own? Are you still doing an ODR out there? Yes. And every winter I send a Snapchat to Derek and I say, I say, I show him, I go, we've come a long way from the 10 by 10 we built in the backyard. <laughs> that, and that I actually lost my train of thought last thing I was talking about. After the year when I finished, I actually helped the Worcester Railers and the, um, and the Derek and the head coach because Derek yeah. came, it was right. assistant coach here. Yeah. So they actually, um, they actually let me get involved. I couldn't go on the ice because I, I actually hurt my wrist and was going through some stuff with that. So I actually cut some video for power play work with them they ended up getting fired so i stopped doing that but that kind of i tried getting back in with them kind of get my keep my foot in the door but it kind of closed when they left and then two years later i an opportunity uh with my old junior coach that got a new job with holy cross and he he was he asked me if i'd like to get a jump on board and i had reached out to a few guys i played with in pro like uh Jay Leach, who I played with, I was like, I was like, what do I got to do to get back in the game? He's like, yeah. honestly, he's like, just take with COVID, it's kind of messed everything up. He's like, take really anything that you can get your hands on, whether it's volunteer or whatever. He's like, you just, and I was, I'm glad I listened to him because it was, it revived me through COVID after COVID. Like, I got back on the ice with college kids. I was with kids that I wasn't. I wasn't, I was there not too long ago. So I knew what they're going through and it was just good to get back on the ice in the locker room, even though I was on the other side of it. And I actually see the game differently now as from being a coach Right at the start of the year, I couldn't, I, we were going through systems and I'm like, I'm like asking the other coach, what, what, what went wrong there? He's like, Oh, this was this. And so as the, as that went on, I started to see, all right, we're working on our, our two man four check or left wing lock. And I'm like, all right, he shouldn't have been there. So I can, I actually learned a lot about the game of hockey from the coaching side this year, which I'm thankful for through Holy Cross. And 
So hopefully I can kind of use that as I play a few more games here down the stretch. That, that's so funny that you would go, like you play your whole career and obviously you know the systems and you know where guys are supposed yeah. to be, but you're just so focused probably on yourself and what your yeah. job is that you don't realize that, okay, here's the, where the other winger should have been or yeah. the should have been pinching over here a little bit more. Yeah, I was able to, I was able to, Act as this, as this, as we kept doing the systems and learning, and I was watching as it came to me, it just I started to look at it hockey in a whole other way, and I'm, I was glad I was able to do that. So gives you almost you an appreciation. Said, sorry, I was just gonna say, it gives you appreciation for what coaches and even just like your dad has done for his yes. whole life. Yeah, exactly. You had said at the outset before we turned on the microphones, you're living day by day, so maybe it's unfair to ask, what is your aspiration with the coaching? is it to get in the pro game college game is it just let's let's see what you know if i'm if i continue to be interested i'll keep going kind of thing yeah i think that's it i think i think what i'm doing now with the youth program it's it's um i have a good setup i'm close to home um i got a great uh, i work with the board um they're and they're they're helping me and i'm helping them and it's just right now it's good and then holy cross is one exit off the road so it's it's unfortunate to have that and as long as i think they they want me around even if it's during the day working with the guys on the ice shooting pucks um like i love it i just i know uh i just i think i'm one day at a time still yeah no that's great that's great we've uh, we can't thank you enough for all the time you've given us here and uh again it, it, like it was just one season that you were in milwaukee but it seems like you you were certainly such a big part of it and uh and and bigger than one you know you your your legacy is bigger than one 76 one season yeah years. 70 games or whatever um but we always ask players and and you've probably just answered this 10 minutes ago but when you think of milwaukee we always like to close when we ask former players when you think of milwaukee what do you think of Honestly, I, I, I felt like it was like, we, we felt home there. My wife says all the time, like, we want to go move back to Whitefish Bay. Like we loved it there. We like, I walked to pre my pregame mail and I, I sit at the, sit at the restaurant and I was almost a regular. It was like, it was like a little town. Like my son went to preschool there. It's almost like if we could move, if, if we ever move away from, New England hop out of hockey. It would, Milwaukee's on that top of that list. It was, it's just something, whether it was the year or the people, I I think it had to do a lot of people. I think it's like almost like our second home. It was only 76 games, but it's a big part of my, my story, I think. Well, you're a big part of our story too, and we appreciate you doing this. Best of luck to you. Um, we hope your days continue to get better as, as you go day by day. Uh, not that they're bad not that they're bad right now but we wish no. you nothing but happiness and all the best to your family um thanks for doing this bob thank you appreciate it that's bobby butler uh that'll wrap things up thanks for listening to this milwaukee admirals podcast